Welcome to the podcast. We talk about all the things that are hidden in the shadows. This is Isaac. And on this bonus episode, I'm joined with Cosmic Miggy from Cosmic Miggy on TikTok. And actually, his own podcast that he's starting soon. Um, what's going on? Hey, Isaac. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me to the podcast. I'm super excited to to uh, have this conversation. And uh, yeah, thank you again. I know when I first heard about you, um, by Megan, she uh, turned say, "Hey, check this guy out. He's talking about Mexican folklore and stuff like that," and which is pretty interesting because I was like always searching through TikTok through like paranormal stuff and stuff like that. But you came up through my feed and you were talking about uh, Mexican folklores and stuff like that, which I was like pretty interested in because like me being Hispanic, me being Mexican, I don't know a lot. I know a few, like the ones my parents always used to scare me when I was a kid, <laughs> like La La Rana and, and, yeah. uh, and the Chupacabra and Kukui, you know, you know stuff like that. <laughs> but other lores and stuff like that, I didn't learn. Um, but there's one and I, I, I don't think I didn't talk about this with you, but I would like to know your information on it. Cause I'll see if someone else knows besides me, but I did have an experience um, with a Mexican uh, legend when I spent one time in Mexico um, with the uh, El Cadejo, uh, the white wolf and the black wolf. Mm-hmm. Apparently I saw the white wolf. Um, yeah. I was, I think I was 12 and I was coming out mid- like middle of the night. Cause the where my, my parents, Stay was a house um, in Mexico. My dad had, um, and I went out because the bathroom was outside, and it was like nighttime, eleven o'clock at night, and it was a giant. I thought it was a sheepdog, just had the size of it. But looking back, it, it, or thinking back to it, it's like a giant white wolf that was in the moonlight. I could see it clearly, and I tried like getting its attention, like yelling at it, barking at it, nothing, and then it jumped off the little ledge uh, of a fence that my grandfather built. And it disappeared. Well, <laughs> yeah, but um, I don't know if you know anything about that legend. Uh, well, I've heard similar stories related to wolves. Um, there's this one uh, Mexican folk- folklore that it's called Nagual. These are shapeshifters that can transform into um, any animals. And um, my uh, my grandfather uh, told me this story of how. Um, when he used to live in a different house, um, he had an experience of a wolf-like creature uh, just like coming into his house. Um, this wolf was more like a, it was more black, colored black and, and had like red eyes. But that's the, um, that's the folklore that I've, I've been, I've heard, I've heard in the past. So um that's the one. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's funny. I never knew anything about this. Like, I, it was just a memory from my childhood, of like one of the many paranormal experiences I've had. Mm-hmm. But um, I was watching a video on Mexican legends, and I was trying to get myself uh, acquainted with them because I think it w- we were doing an episode on it. And that episode came up of the El Cadejo, which is the white wolf and the black wolf. And so supposedly, uh, the white wolf is to, is to protect you if you see it. It's protecting you from the black one that's supposed to be demonic, and the white wolf is supposed to be angelic. Um, so if the white wolf is you see it, then the black one is near. Um, and that was just a legend behind it. And usually, sometimes they're seen in graveyards uh, or other places like that. But I uh, know it's interesting, and um, other ones like that. But one of my first questions for you is I know you get got into the, uh, you know, paranormal thing, talking about, you know, different stuff from aliens to, to all things supernatural and all things paranormal in your, in your TikTok. But I want to know, like, what was your first paranormal experience? Like that really like made you go, Holy crap or scared you. Yeah. Um, so where did it begin? <laughs> uh, so the first paranormal experience that really just like opened my eyes, um, was when I was 18. Um, and this happened one morning, like right before, um, like this was during the summer before I went to college. Um, that morning, um, I would like, like, let me give you some context. Like before that, I would always every morning go out to read a book, um, just because I love nature and like just spending time outside. Um, and uh, that morning, uh, I went outside. You know, everything was normal. I had my book ready to read and uh, I go out the backyard and I sit down and read my book. 
couple of minutes later, I take a break and I get up, stretch my, stretch my body. And when I tilt my head to the left, um, there's a, we have a tree in the backyard and it's not that tall, but um, at the top of the tree, I saw uh, a UFO, an object that was silver. It was uh, this object didn't make any noise. Um, at first, like my, my mind was trying to rationalize it. Maybe it was like a, a plane, a drone, a kite. Um, but the more I like stared at it, I'm like, uh, <laughs> this is very weird. <laughs> so that experience uh, really just like started my, uh, my awakening of the just like the paranormal. Um, in the past, before that, I would have like other experiences, small experiences. But I guess I would say like that would be like the major one that really changed um, how I like perceive reality. And um, after that, that's when I really decided to like dive into the uh, to the uh, folklore, paranormal mysteries. Honestly, your first experience with aliens. That's 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 interesting. Yeah, yeah I, I'm. Mine has always been with the ghost, with the with the paranormal, supernatural. When it comes to that, one encounter I ever had with aliens. Um, was on my ranch, my infamous ranch that I always tell stories from because a lot of experience I've had comes from that area of land um, that my grandfather owned um, before his passing and he gave it on to my uncles and stuff like that. But he, I don't know what's with that patch of area, but uh, paranormal things from ghosts to, to, to um, majority of spirits um, from possible uh, a creature. I don't want to say what, but some kind of some kind of thing that made a very loud noise, uh, but the only alien experience was uh, I was on the uh, porch with uh, my friend who was living with us at the time, and we were just talking outside. And we were only outside because he smokes and he can smoke inside. And we were looking at at the sky at night, and you could see it clearly. And all of a sudden, in mid conversation, he goes, "What the hell is that?" And we look and we see three lights, very large. They couldn't be like flashlights or anything like that. And this is long before dr- uh, drones even existed. Um, or at least the ones that people could use. And it was out up, maybe a, I'll say a mile up, or not a mile up, not, not high enough that we couldn't see it, but high enough that you couldn't reach it. But three lights moving in like a triangle, but, you know, circling itself. And then it moved, and then it went like combined to one and shot straight up. And it lasted like maybe a minute and a half. Like we could see it, we looked at it, kind of went by the tree lines, and then we saw where it went, and then you know, was it straight up? Did it make any like loud noise? We didn't hear anything. Okay. Yeah. No, it was, that, was, that was like, like we expect to hear like something, but yeah, it was nothing. Yeah, I, I hear that a lot from uh, from other people who've seen UFOs. That um, it happens really quick. There's no noise, and um, it, and uh, sometimes uh, people describe them as uh, just a different shape than we're used to like planes or drones uh but yeah that's a oh, where was it uh what state was this i was in texas texas yeah, okay city of blanco yeah. texas with a population <laughs> of like 1400 people okay a very small town um and my ranch where it was was like uh five six seven miles out of town so it was out in the middle of nowhere, no street lights, no nothing. Like when you drive out there, it's like nothing is out there, but just fenced lands and roads. Um, and then basically take a dirt road to get to my house trailer or my trailer, my, uh, my ranch with uh, three families lived there. So we were separated for maybe a hundred yards each. Um, and I don't know, I don't know acres. So I couldn't tell you how big it is, um, but p- probably from end to end, one way is probably like three football fields. And then from end to end, the other way, I would say is about two. That's my best guess of uh, of land at mass area. But um, yeah, I don't know what, why that area of land is so prone to supernatural stuff. And it's funny, it's not only me that's ever experienced stuff. My father has seen things. Uh, my cousin who saw a ghost clear as day at the foot of her bed. Um, and she, you know, and stuff like stuff like that. But um, 
one of the stories that actually got me uh, interested in your in your page was the um your it was your aunt yeah. that got abducted by gnomes. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Um, that, that's one of my favorite ones. Um, so it's funny how it all started. Uh, before I even posted that, like my account was, I would like when I started the account, I was talking more about like spirituality um law of, law of attraction manifestation all that then um you know at the time i was living in mexico for a bit and i spent a lot of time with my relatives and they told me a lot of like spooky stories <laughs> and and like i couldn't i couldn't believe the stories they were telling me like um and they didn't tell anyone so i was like huh this would be really cool if, if i can share it out to people uh so so what i did was i was like hey uh can i share your story to to tiktok <laughs> and they were like yeah, yeah of course um uh, and that's how it started and over time i would share different stories uh re- that are from my from my relatives the one about the gnome uh from the duende that one's from my aunt uh she told me that story a while back, but she retold it again uh, just recently, just because um, we had, we were having like a like a dinner outside, and at the end of dinners, there's always like conversations about like spooky things and scary stories, and um, that's how uh, it started. She told me the story of how uh, when she was little in Mexico in the state of Puebla, uh, she had an experience with a gnome, a duende. And, um, you know, when she told me the story, she like, she was really, the first time she told me the story, she was really scared of what, you know, what I would think of her. Um, just because in the past, whenever she would tell stories, you know, she would feel very judged. People would look at her differently. So, um, I told her, you know, don't worry, <laughs> I don't judge. <laughs> I like, I like scary stories that I, I, I've had my own experiences. So she told me that story of how, when she was little, uh, one night, uh, you know, she woke up, she went into the kitchen to get something to eat. And that's where everything started. She saw a gnome, a little creature, um, at the, uh, the front of the door at night. And this little, this creature, uh, you know, she told she tells me that she wasn't scared. She was more of curious, um, just because the creature was more of like welcoming, welcoming, trying to get her outside. And so she goes outside, and that's when the the experiences start to happen. Um, she tells me that that it wasn't a positive experience. It was uh, something negative that she felt um, just because at the end of the story, they, she, uh, the gnomes uh, take her outside. Um, they walk to this field near the uh, animals, near the cows. And um, you're <laughs> when she told me this, I could not believe it. She tells me that the gnomes instructed her to climb a tree so she climbs the tree and the moment she's at the very top of the tree, um, and it's not a very big tree. The moment she's at the top, that's when the gnomes, um, a lot, a lot of gnomes just started to appear around her and they started to throw, uh, things at her. Um, and she's at the tree and, you know, she's getting hit by these, by, by mud, by, uh, uh, by uh animal waste and she falls down yeah yeah uh, that, that was my exact reaction and uh she falls down and hits the uh hits the ground and she's very scared um what's really like uh break like i couldn't believe this but my uncle was just walking by at night there and he heard this commotion and my uncle like runs towards the the cries because my my aunt was crying, and my uncle sees my aunt, and my uncle 
couldn't see the gnomes, but he could. He said he could hear uh, the laughs, the evil laughs. And my uncle, he had a machete with him, and he took it out, <laughs> and he was like, he was trying to uh, like scare away the gnomes, and uh, luckily it worked. They, my aunt tells me that that the gnomes ran away, and uh, my uncle uh, saved the day. So. Yeah, it's a remarkable story. <laughs> yeah, my one experience with no wasn't anything like that. Uh, it kind of just peeked around the, the bush at me. Um, I think I, we had a whole episode on it where we talked about known thing. And I mean, it, it just when I saw it, it, it I was like, am I seeing what I'm seeing? And because it's about maybe the size of my water bottle. I remember I had a picture I put up on Instagram talking about exact size. Um, so maybe nine inches in height. Um, and I can remember just seeing a little pointy little hat and him leaning around the corner looking at me. And I was just, I was, I, I, I was like a gnome and, and I ran over to see if it was there and it was gone. Um, but it's funny enough, the majority of gnome videos I ever see come out of uh, Latin countries. Like I rarely see any that are like based in America and the ones that are, they look kind of fake, but like the realistic ones I see coming of like Mexico, Brazil, the different places like that. Especially in the South America area, so it makes you wonder. If, like, is that their origin point? I don't know. Yeah, I've heard about that too, and also also heard in like in New Zealand, there's a there's this YouTube video that I watched where uh, where uh, in New Zealand uh, they were doing construction around uh, around a like sacred sacred uh, space, and there was like that sacred space was like made up of rocks, trees. And the moment people started to do construction work, um, that's when like the, uh, the equipment stopped. Um, the workers would be sick. Um, and they actually brought a psychic to investigate what exactly was going on around that place. And uh, they tell the psychic, the psychic tells everyone that, this place is um, under here lives gnomes who protect, protect nature. Um, that's one of the things that I learned that from my research is like gnomes, are they're uh, nature spirits. Um, uh, from what I read, they're, they're here to protect nature and to help uh, depending on the gnomes. Cause my opinion is that there are some positive gnomes and some negative gnomes, <laughs> uh, just like ghosts and like people. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, they, they're, uh, my belief is that they're here to protect nature and uh, they, they're always spotted near, near trees, near water. Um, yeah, crazy. That's strange. Um, there's stuff I've learned, um, be, well, being into the paranormal game like I am and uh, being a paranormal researcher and stuff like that. But there's stuff that I've had to learn and figure out. And it comes to elementals. Um, certain ones that that you would know that would be enforced and stuff like that um apparently my team my paranormal team has encountered one we didn't know we did um it wasn't only until after one of our main psychics uh told us that uh an elemental or an elder something calling itself pan was uh now in charge of the area that we cleansed um after an investigation and he was happy about it. So he didn't see us as a threat or anything like that. So that, that, that was a, a message he got, you know, psychically and stuff like that. But it made me wonder is that a, a theory, I don't say a theory or something like that, but how gnomes are specifically based in Latin countries that made me wonder is that did it come to me because I was from that area? I'm Mexican being that, that I have Mexican traits. Did it come to me? Because I was, and I was like, I had, I wondered that thought. Because after I did you know, my small my research on them, I was thinking, did it come to me? Because you know, I represented that area. Because like maybe there's something in my blood that that it recognizes. Is like maybe there's some treaty that ancient Aztec tribes and Mayan tribes had with them, and then maybe that's why they see us like, you know, as uh, like friendly. And I guess or the friendly ones anyway would come to us, and the the violent ones would come to us as well. Hence why I see all the videos coming out of Latin countries and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, gnomes are one special thing. And I remember we did an episode on the, we call it the fairy folk and stuff like that. But And, and it's, 
just funny that a lot of the gnomes videos on youtube they're always like there's always uh teenagers involved just like there's one video where they're just playing around with a soccer ball and out of nowhere they they like kick the ball and to the to the left of to the left of the ball, left of the ball there's a gnome that pops out and just runs and everyone in the video just like screams <laughs> yeah yeah which funny is that it, like when i when i saw it when i saw him kind of like corner looked at me it was just automatic like shock and like am i seeing what i'm seeing and it it it, it, it broke reality for me because i mean i've dealt with paranormal stuff but that was just one extra thing because i knew ghosts exist i knew demon exists and stuff like that and even aliens but to think that fairy folk existed or still do that was really like oh crap there's bigger world <laughs> than what i thought um but we talk about gnomes and stuff like that. But I always wanted to know: Have you encountered anything paranormal, ghost-wise? Yeah, uh, ghost-wise, um, yes. So, um, I would say like the house that we used to live. Um, uh, one day, what happened was um, I was in my room. My brother was in his room, and my sister is in uh, our parents' room. And one day um, I'm in my room, just casually on my computer. Everything is normal. Uh, and, and like in a split second, we hear like a spoon fall. Um, that's how I initially thought it was. And, you know, I, I uh, walk out of my room and my brother walks out of his room and we're like staring at each other. Just like, we couldn't believe what, what we just heard. And, you know, we're, we're looking at each other with like weird eyes to make sure we're not going crazy. <laughs> uh, so, and I asked him, Hey, did you hear that? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I heard that too. So we like went down to investigate. Um, but we walked really slowly just because, you know, we were home alone at the time. Our, uh, our parents weren't home. Um, and behind my, you know, in the back of my head, I thought maybe it was like a home intruder, a home intruder someone who broke into the house. So we were like very, very cautious and we had our cell phones by us to make sure um, if things got, you know, <laughs> if things got into a bad situation. Um, so we're walking down the stairs and, you know, we slowly look at the living room um, to, you know, to see if anyone's there. Uh, we actually like called out, Hey, is anyone here? <laughs> and no, no response. Uh so we walked out. We're now we're in the living room. We're checking the floor to make sure if like anything like fell down. If there like was any like portraits maybe that fell down and caused that noise. Um, so we're trying to rationalize in our head what what it could be like. And um, it, there wasn't on the, anything on the floor. Uh, everything was intact. So we go to the kitchen, and um, when we make our way to the kitchen, that's when we saw the spoon at the uh, the. Um, on the floor and um i look at my brother um and i ask him hey did you like drop it maybe did you like put it on the edge of the of the uh, of the stove uh and he's like no he he the last time he saw it was you know um on the counter not near the edge and um, i tell him that i didn't do it um and he's like you know, we're looking at each other like with disbelief and um, he's more of like a skeptic. Um, but I'm more of like, just because I have, I have had multiple paranormal experiences by then. Um, I was like, Oh, maybe it could be like a, a spirit or a ghost that did this. Um, and uh, you know, we put, we picked up the spoon and we put it back and um my brother goes away and he goes upstairs and I'm still in the, I'm still in the kitchen and uh, me being like a very, uh, very curious person. I'm like, hmm, maybe if I like take out my camera and record something, maybe I'll catch something. So I take out my camera uh, to see if like anything will happen again, just because I've always seen it on TV, how, uh, you know, when you start filming and talk to, talk to spirits usually there's something that happens around you like things moving 
so that's what I did. Took out the camera, talked by myself or to to anyone, and uh, I was I was talking and asked, "Hey, can anyone if if anyone's here, can you give me a sign?" And uh, nothing. I didn't like see anything move. I didn't hear anything. Um, so I was very disappointed, but cause I, I was like, I was investigating for like five minutes. I didn't catch anything, but when I, you know, when I, you know, ended the video, I looked at the footage again and that's when the moment I asked, is anyone here? Can you give me a sign at the very bottom corner? There was like a, a white circular, uh, object moving on, moving, um, just like floating. And I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> that's very weird. Uh, at first, I was like, maybe it's a dust particle, but you know, this thing was very solid, and uh, uh, I, yeah, I couldn't believe. Um, but yeah, that, that was like the major, uh, I would say, ghost experience that I've had. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it, it gave me a lot of. I couldn't sleep that night just because I was thinking about who's here <laughs> and uh, what, what do they want? Um, something I should have mentioned at the beginning of the episode. Uh, I forgot they were warm about this. Um, I don't know how zoom zoom works in an electronic way in video, how we can see each other in real time and stuff like that. But my, I know I, we talked a little bit about this before we recorded stuff like about my ability and I'll go a little bit into it later, but um, my left hand um, was charging uh, while you were telling that story and where it was coming from over your right shoulder. Somebody, a person, lose your left hand means a good person, was standing over your left shoulder area. And it was strong. It started waiting for enough of me to feel. It wasn't in the room where I am. That's what I was trying to figure out first. But that ate my hand near the screen at you and it was coming over yeah. your, your right shoulder. Um, and I thought no, I heard... Right yeah, shoulder? Was, yeah. It was in that area next to you. Um, and I thought I heard something over... Uh, on the mic, it sounded like a voice, go, something like that. And I thought maybe because you were rubbing the mic on your headphones, but your hands weren't near it. And I don't know, I'll let Megan when she goes back and and goes through it. She might have caught an EVP or something, which we do catch oh. on occasion uh, through our episodes. But that was, that was interesting. So when you're telling that story, somebody showed up. Um, maybe the same entity, whoever it was, the first time. But yeah, someone was here a minute ago. Um, not here now, but that was just pretty interesting. Not all the time, but some of the time with people I talk to, um, there are spirits around them and I could well, feel them. Um, which I think I, I think the perfect segue <laughs> to our next conversation. Um I haven't seen maybe you have, yeah, but I haven't seen you know episodes you've done on psychics and mediums and stuff like that, um, on your TikTok. But I I explained in my the podcast stuff like that that my ability is so absolute that it's so rare that you don't hear enough about them um which is the shadow walker and i had on my uh, one of my episodes uh or one of our, our episodes where i just specifically go through the whole episode let me just talk about everything i know and everything about my ability so i'll usually point people to that episode if they want to hear like the entire story um i usually just try to give a small overview of what i can do most of the time I feel the energy of the dead in my hands and depending on which hand um, feels in sensation, which kind of like how your hands go to, uh, are going to sleep. That's tingling sensation. I call charging. And depending on which hand, uh, it tells me what kind of spirits there. So left hand is a good person, humans, whatever like that. Right hand is a dark entities, demons, stuff like that. Um, so good thing was, you was had it a light. Was it a light energy? Yeah, that was a human. That was a person next to you. Left hand. That was a left hand. Yeah. I would warn you like, Hey, uh, you got something going on over there. Um, if it was a right hand, but now, and the only other where I, I even got that term shadow walkers from a, an, another one or another woman, uh, who has that ability. She was the one that coined the term shadow walker. Cause she heard it from, um, other forms of, uh, stuff that she looked up. Cause She's been practicing this ability since she was a kid. I only ever got this ability for maybe a year now. Um, and how she transfers energy with, through her hands and other, and even through her mind, uh, she can help spirits cross over by absorbing their energy and pushing it to the other side. As I take the energy, I kind of do a filter process through my body and then expel the, the neutral energy back out into the world. <clears throat> but 
the Shadow Walker thing is, like I said, I think I'm probably, I should have done it already, but I'll probably do a TikTok on the Hidden in the Shadows page where I just specifically go to the story and hopefully enough I see it. Um, but have you heard of, in your time, any psychic ability that re- remotely seems like that? Have I, like, experienced any, like... Or have or, you heard of, like, a psychic... Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, throughout, like, as a kid watching, like, these shows about the paranormal, I would, like, uh, watch um, TV shows about uh, psychics communicating with spirits, helping helping them pass over, or helping people who are so alive um, have closure with the spirits. Um so uh, yes, I've had, I've had, uh, I've, I've have uh, seen. Um, I haven't personally like talked to one, talked to someone who's who's psychic in in the past. Uh, but I've only like watched uh, videos or TV shows about it. Yeah. Oh, Megan being one, um, her her abilities, everything you've heard of psychics doing from you know clairvoyancy possibly seeing the future talking to dead people talking to spirits um getting information about people and stuff like that getting stories her it's like getting an answer to a question you didn't ask that's how she gets messages like and then like maybe a month later like oh okay that's why um and it's not all the time but she has always very minute abilities that kind of like the whole array of psychic abilities that you've ever heard about she try i think has one of each um, so she actually has a lot. She's in one specific kind of psychic. Unlike me, who has only one ability, which is a weapon, essentially, um, in, in times of paranormal investigating, so things get too hairy, I can defuse it. Um, but I still am on the hunt to find more because mm-hmm. I know there's probably more people out there that have a, somewhat of a similar ability when it comes to this. Because um, if I found Jane, who is a woman's name, um i can uh find more but i'll try to get her on uh episode to just talk me and her talk about that because i want to get more people's ears on this because like i said i heard nothing about this before i met her or anything like that um but i always wonder like when i tell people that they usually get freaked out or they go like how does that work or like it sounds like a superpower or something like that i don't know what is your take when i when i explain like the shadow walker ability to you yeah uh I am definitely like I'm definitely a believer of <laughs> of uh, that you know that our bodies we have the intuitive intuitive powers uh, that because when I was like growing up as a kid like I was taught like to the traditional mainstream way of thinking about life that you know we're the only creatures on Earth we're the only people on the universe um, and uh, you know I, as a kid I had to like really open my mind just because in school like i was not getting that <laughs> they were telling me things that you know hey this is it's clear fact don't question everything um you know but sometimes i had to step take a step back and uh just like really dive in into just the unknown and um that's how uh you know i started to be more like curious about the world how people how people uh have special gifts um just because i've there was a one relative that I have. Um, she tells me the story of how um, one day she was just driving on the highway, and um, you know, she, and she had um, at the time uh, a friend there, and um, they're both driving on the highway, and uh, they stop on a red light, and you know, she had the next thing is like she had the intuitive, she felt something that made her just to wait a bit wait a bit not to go on the green light and she tells me how like something inside of her just like told her just to just stop wait even though people might honk behind her (laughs) just to wait uh so she does and um you know seconds later there's a car that just drives a like uh runs a red light and um if she would have like gone that car would have that car would have crashed so uh, yeah, I'm definitely a believer of the uh, the abilities. You know, the crappy part is, is it's hard for me to prove this to someone other than me telling it. The only thing mm-hmm. so far that any has kind of literal proof 
um, or proof that you can actually visually see with your eyes is an EMF detector. Um, I can set, I can make it go to red in the process of a pull or when I pull the energy into myself, to my hands. Uh, if you put the EMF detector in my hand when I'm doing that, it'll go all the way to red or a flicker. But sometimes it goes all the way to red, depending on the strength of the entity I'm taking. But most of the time you can see it go off. So that's so far the only kind of proof, um, unless you have some kind of like SLS camera or full spectrum, maybe able to see what I'm pulling. Then, then mm-hmm. other from that, I can't really give anyone definitive proof um, other than, you know, feeling in the situation of a paranormal investigation, which funny, if I, it's a funny question for you. Would you ever or have you ever um, gone on a paranormal investigation? Um, I have, but not in a way where I bring like my, my fancy gear, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the recorders, uh, just, uh, I've been to just like small abandoned houses with a friends just to like roam around just to, just to explore, but nothing like, um, where, where you see on TV, where they bring the gear, the equipment, set up, set up cameras, everything. Um, so the only time I've been is just exploring alone. And we went to an abandoned house, um, and we didn't like see anything at the time. Um, but I know that, uh, other people have. I always tell people as being an investigator, I have been for the last year. I haven't really been done it long, but I, I watch all the shows like Ghost Adventures, Ghost Hunter, and stuff like that. And the number one tool that any parent investigator, especially starting out, that you would need is your phone. Because uh, your phone, you have a flashlight, your phone, you have a recorder, and your phone that you can also have any kind of paranormal apps. Now, I usually don't care too much for paranormal apps, but the two that I would suggest to anyone um, to have is a ghost tube and necrophonics. Um, necrophonics kind of works like a spirit box in a sense that it'll create like voices over so you can hear them. Um, and ghost tube kind of works like a, uh, I forgot the name of it, but basically it just creates phonetic sounds and words. So you ask a question, it'll give you a word and it, that's like a best way to have a straight direct conversation with a specific spirit. And we get a lot of good answers, specific answers from it. So I would say necrophonics about 90% works is, is effective and ghost to you about the same, about 90, 80%. Um, but yeah, uh, that's cool that you uh, <laughs> done some investigating um, for, for these spirit boxes. Um, so f- based on your experience, um, do you recommend getting one from the app store or buying one? Cause there's, I look online and there's a lot of like custom spirit boxes. If you want like an actual one from a spirit box, yeah, I would suggest buying one. If you can't want, don't want to spend the money for one, then you get the Necrophonics app. Well, mm-hmm. Necrophonics app alone is 15, 15 bucks. So you're still spending out some money. But um, uh, a spirit box, we actually do have uh, how it works and stuff like that by, you know, going through the radio station, like creating enough white noise so spirits can talk through and you get clear, clear messages and stuff like that. The Necrophonics app was so so accurate, but it actually proved itself at one time an investigation we did at a place called Octagon House, um, where it has a spirit of a little girl there, um, and she very she's very nice, very sweet. She she very she like comes to people. She's excited to see new people and stuff like that. And she'll voice you hear her voice a lot when she talks over the the the, uh, the Necrophonics app. And um, one time we were there. I think it was the second time I was there. My left hand was charging, which usually means it's a good person or human near, nearby. And it was charging pretty strong. So I was looking around for something. But then I felt the sensation of like somebody was holding my hand. And uh, one of the investigators asked, hey, are you holding Isaac's hand? And we hear a little girl voice come over instantly and said yes. So, wow. yeah. So it was pretty, <laughs> pretty accurate combined with everything together. Um, and then Ghost Tube usually asks us questions or at, we ask questions back and we kind of get direct one word answer. Sometimes a full sentence. Um, depending on who you're talking to and stuff like that. And always have oh, go ahead. I would say the the most most words we hear um uh, that tells us we're dealing with something dangerous that um could be demonic or at least an evil spirit to begin with is when we hear the word kneel. When it when it we what do you what do you want us to do or what do you hear we hear, hear the word kneel. Um that is the indication that something dark is here. And from experience, from past investigations, that's it's about right. Um, or we hear demon or demonic or Satan or something like that come over. Sometimes it's the evil spirit, you know, wanting to think it's bigger than itself and saying that because you know those people are afraid. Um, sometimes it is something um evil, 
But anytime I hear the word Neil, I'm actually get my guard up because I'm dealing with something that's not going to be nice. And how do you uh, uh, protect yourself uh, before and after? Just because, um, you know, after the investigation, you go home. How do you make sure that whatever is there doesn't follow you? Well, um, my team has a, uh, a, a say, a, a, not a ritual, but kind of thing we do every single time we leave uh, a location is we like to pray over the area um to each of our creators because we all have different religious uh backgrounds or different gods we worship and stuff like that so it's not one specific like christian prayer it's just a prayer in general um and we kind of and then we kindly tell any spirits uh you are not uh welcome to follow us home and if you want to communicate we we will be back so we kind of give a stern you know hey can't follow us home um and but other than that, we do each of us keep our houses well protected um, from salting, from uh, putting stones on in the house and stuff like that, uh, doing any kind of form of protection we can um, when it comes to, you know, making sure nothing can get in. And then me and myself, you know, uh, anything dangerous that comes to our house, I instantly try to get rid of, uh, which has happened on many occasions, because uh, when you're picking a fight with a lot of these things, uh, they don't go down easy. And they do not forgive. Um, so uh, <laughs> doing what I do in investigating stuff like that is I, I pick fights by taking these dark entities off the plane, essentially. Um, you hear other investigators on shows, they yell, they, they try to provoke something out of uh, out of them. It usually causes something bad to happen. Me, I try to end it before, before anything like that could happen, um, before anyone could get scratched or pushed or grabbed or anything like that. Um which is funny enough, we never really had any of those kind of investigations. One time ever, um, one of our investigators had his digital recorder slapped out of his hand. Whoa. And yeah, and I wasn't pulling at the time. And this is probably like my second investigation ever. So I really was testing out my ability, what I could do. But yeah, he had a, a digital recorder slapped out of his hand. Yeah. Um, yeah, when it comes to protecting yourself it's just different things which you know it's funny i never gave too much care into like stones like crystals and hematite and different kinds of stones and stuff like that um until after i became an investigator because um that stuff's legit um i had a bracelet uh made of different stones and a crystal on top right and when i would pull right the bracelet would vibrate and at the end of the night we would check the stones and sometimes the crystals would be broken or have giant cracks in them from the amount of energy that was traveling through them yeah <laughs> I, I say yeah these uh, and and is that a good sign when they break or well uh, good or bad but i mean it's it's taking up a lot of energy so that tells me yeah. that these stones are like legit like this crystals and stuff like that when people talk about spiritualism and stuff like that then it's not all you know hoardy torty stuff it's actually some of it is very real like this crystal can protect you from that or this or that and stuff like that but um yeah i i i highly and in, in, uh we call it endorse <laughs> having <laughs> having crystals or something like that in your home for some kind of sort of protection yeah, yeah absolutely like every time i like i get a lot of comments um just because uh, my, a lot of my viewers are, you know, they ask me, hey, how do you, how, do, how are you doing this? Talking about scary things, especially like very negative spirits. Because I talk about like the, the demon house that, uh, that uh, Zach Kabagan uh, did a movie about. Um, I talk about the Annabelle doll, how there's a, you know evil spirit inside of her. And people ask me, like, how do you protect yourself? And I tell them, like, before I like, before I do anything paranormal related, um, I just take some time to like meditate, to clear my head, to like visualize like a protection around me. Um, that's a that's what I've people recommend is just take some time just to protect yourself around you, um, just because you're dealing with energy and sometimes energy can it, it can just like pull you. Sometimes you might be like happy one day and like sad the next. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, what's, what's your thoughts on like the, like spirits, evil spirits, um, uh, you know, controlling a doll or like, like the Annabelle doll, like how, 
What's your opinion about about that? Well, haunted objects has always been an odd subject when you when you talk about that, and and that's I think residual energy or the energy that from a dark entity, if the haunted object is evil, um, is embedded in it. And I always had a thought with my ability, could I pull the energy out of it? And by a few tests, yeah, I can. I can make an object not haunted. Um, and that happened with a, a gargoyle that one of my investigator uh, a team I was part of uh, had a gargoyle that he took from a haunted location. Uh, it was supposedly a haunted house that got traction that there it was an actual haunted house, but they built one to to be a haunted house attraction during Halloween. And he found a gargoyle there because he was working the event and he took it home with him. And then bad stuff happened and he kept it away from the house. And one of the few times I went to his house, I was like, hey, something darks over there in your in your uh, in your shed. He goes, oh, yeah, you, you found that. And I was like, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like, do you want to go in there? Look, so I, I went in there. And I found it like my hand pulled me in a direction of where it is. And I like it was coming from like a gargoyle, like a typical old looking one. You like buy it like Hobby Lobby during Halloween or something. And I touched it and the energy was so strong. And then my instinct to pull it and I pulled the energy from it. And maybe within five seconds, it was gone. And then I gave it to him. He says, I, th- I think it's gone. There's nothing here. And he's like, yeah, OK. And I think he just he got rid of it after that. And he's had any problems. Um, coming from that area but when it comes to like annabelle and other like dolls like that i think annabelle is not possessed by one entity per se i think she's like a portal where countless ones come through and have access to her and like they go to wherever evil spirits come from which i have a theory of like the fourth plane i think is where all spirits are and then come back into annabelle at any time they choose and she is like the portal or at least the last, like a door that you go through and you stop at her and then you're just there in the doll. Um, hence why, cause she's been like haunted for so long. And same goes for Robert the doll, the one that's in um, the Florida Keys. Yeah. Um, though he seems less malevolent. Like if you show him respect, he doesn't do anything bad to you. Annabelle just seems to be out for chaos. <laughs> and there's other dolls that are out there. They're just straight, like, yeah, hey, don't touch him and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I think of when it comes to haunted objects and stuff like that. Is that if the energy is trapped, it will stay there. Um, but with like Annabelle, I think she's just like a vessel, like a portal that allow things to come through. Yeah, yeah, I've heard stories about how like people would uh, provoke the Annabelle doll or like touch it, and like like the next few hours or next day, they would like. Like something negative would happen to them, um, so de- I'm definitely a believer of like that. Evil spirits can like like go into a, an object. Um, so yeah. Now going into people, that's a whole nother thing. And I'm actually studying to be a demonologist, um, so I've been learning a little bit here and there about it as much as I can. Um, but what I've learned is there's two forms of uh, a demon taking somebody over or even a dark entity itself it is oppression and possession. And oppression is the first level. They try to make you depressed, make you angry, shut you out from all your friends and family, basically break you down mentally to a point where you're so weak that it's easy access for it to enter. And that's the thing. You have to be very weak willed at the time that uh, for possession to happen. And then when they possess you, like a parasite, it takes time. Um, it'll possess you. It'll make its way in. And then when it's embedded, it's very hard to get out. Uh, that's why I usually try to warn people not to mess with anything, like Ouija boards especially. And it's yeah. not necessarily the, the Ouija board itself. You can make one yourself, no problem. It's the act of what you're doing. It's the act of trying to communicate with something um, if you know nothing about and have no protection either. And sometimes you'll get a person. Most of the time, you'll get something dark. Uh, yeah, that's what I try to tell people. Just, just, just don't. It's yeah. just not to deal with it uh, because that this it just creates an access that sometimes you don't, you don't want to deal with. Yeah, I completely agree. Like my my aunt when she was little in Mexico, she uh, she didn't know anything. She just got a Ouija board, um, and then she made a, a Ouija board herself with with like paper and. And, uh, like, she was very, like, just one of those teenagers who just did what the friends were doing. And at the time, the friends were playing with Ouija boards. And so she did. 
And um, she tells me that, you know, she had multiple sessions and how she would like see the thing move and nothing really happened like the first week, but the second week, um, you know, things around her would move. She tells me that she had one experience where her hair was pulled. And, um, and after that, like, that's when she like (laughs) put it away. Uh, but that didn't stop the uh, experiences. Um, then she told my uh, my grandfather, and he got mad because um, and and you know in my family they're, they're very like uh, they're very protective, especially when it comes to like messing around with things that you don't you don't know. Um, uh, I think from what I remember, uh, they asked a witch to like do something to um like make sure the every evil spirits were out of the house um but luckily everything worked out they got the witch to come in to do the service and after that she didn't have any like negative experiences with the ouija boards is there a different terminology from a because i know in spanish bruja means like witch but i always thought bruja meant witch like an evil witch like is there a different terminology for discussing like a good witch uh good witches i think just brujas is yeah i would say just brujas is witch i don't think there's like a specific term um because brujeria witchcraft it's it could be good and bad Okay, <laughs> I just thought maybe because I had different terminology for it, maybe so like you know the differentiation from one that you don't want to mess with and one that you need your help from. Um, but I never encountered that. Funny enough, yeah, my 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 family all very Catholic. Um, when it comes to that stuff, and best my my uh, my grandmother, uh, was like she like Catholic, like super Catholic, <laughs> like everything you can think of uh, when it comes to Catholicism and stuff like that. What's funny is that though with all her, her efforts and stuff like that and the amount of religious figures around her house, uh, stuff still happened on the ranch. Nothing evil per se, but still supernatural. Um, my uncle told me a story of when they were living there in Texas on the ranch, when he was young, that, um, he was attacked, uh, in his bed by, he, he calls it a bruja, like a witch because she was almost invisible at the time. And he felt something sitting on his chest. And like I meant some amount of pressure and he then like got angry and like he threw off what it was. He saw a woman standing at the foot of his bed that ran out the door and he chased it thinking it was an actual person. But when he chased it down the stairs, like because the way that I guess the the, the building was says I'm like an apartment building. Um and it he would leave out his door and he would basically be outside and he'd run down the stairs to go to, down to the first floor. And when he was down, he heard it her running but it didn't sound like human anymore it sounded like a giant chicken's feet and i know there's like old like mexican legends about the brujas transforming into giant chickens and running from people like that and that's what he said it sounded like that big like like that like a, it didn't sound like human feet it sounded like a giant chicken like feet running off and yeah he didn't see it <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah i would have been scared <laughs> yeah uh, I don't know. And funny, I asked my dad about like he's like saw or anything when he was young in Mexico and stuff like that. And he goes, "Nah, mijo, it was okay. I mean, I didn't really know anything." <laughs> yeah, the way I, I I know I sound like this, like a typical American and stuff like that when I when I speak. But when I, when I speak of my father, he still has an accent to this day. And he came over to America when he was twelve, and he's still like, and he was in his fifties, and he still talking like this when he talks to people all the time and stuff. Yeah, man, what's going on? <laughs> um which we were all surprised that i don't i don't sound like that but like dude i grew up here um <laughs> which, you, you know, were uh raised born and raised in texas born and funny enough at the most redneck state you can think of other than texas um i was born in birmingham alabama cool. and then yeah and then my cause my father was a, a sub uh was a vice president of a contract a construction company and he would travel from place to place to different sites because Funny enough, each of my siblings, there's four of us, were born in a different state. So, yeah, it was funny. Um, but no, majority of my life I spent in Texas and, and, and Blanco and stuff like that. I just moved recently here to North Carolina. But yeah, the stuff that um, old Mexican legends that my father would tell me and stuff like that, especially about La Llorona. But he told me one uh, that he, only one paranormal experience that he ever saw 
um, that there's a graveyard in the village that he lived. And it was a very small village. And um, when he walked past it at night, which he tried not to do, he saw one time, I think it's called the Pusma or the giant white owl that has like a face of a woman that literally mm-hmm. protects graveyards. Yeah, he he uh, he saw one of those on a branch in a graveyard, like staring at him. And he, he freaked out because he said he had like the face of a woman, and but it was a giant white owl. And he hauled ass out of there. And he had to be like maybe nine or ten. Yeah. Do you know anything about that legend? About the I don't know if I'm saying it right or not. Uh, I haven't. I've it rings a bell. Uh, the one, the only, the some of the legends that I've heard where it's like a lady, it's like Yerona. Yeah. Uh, that is something that I've that my relatives talk about. Like in Puebla, they've they've seen her. Uh, my uncle who lives in Zacatecas, he didn't see like Yerona, but he saw. Uh, witches uh, performing rituals there, and um, and uh, like when he told me that story, I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> uh, just because you know, like I never knew until like a few months ago that it's like there's a lot of activity of that going on. Um, uh, and when I did the research, like a few weeks ago. I went on YouTube and there's like a, a lot of people talking about this stuff, how they see, you know, a lady just roaming around the cemetery. Uh, sometimes it's not like, you don't know. Sometimes it's just a, a, a lady or spirit just like roaming around causing, um, trying to get attention. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's, that's what I've, uh, this is what I've seen on YouTube is, is uh, just videos of uh, people investigating cemeteries, going in and um, trying call calling out the the spirits. Jeez, <laughs> uh, funny if you said Zacatecas, that's uh, where my father's from. Oh, cool. Yeah, I don't know the exact little town he's from, but I know it's in the uh, state, I guess, uh, region of Zacatecas. Um, Zacatecas is a city. I can't remember. Right, I'm asking. Oh, uh, yeah. So it's like, um, yeah, I would say like a, it's like a huge town. Yeah. Well, yeah. he lived. I live. He lived about 15 miles outside of it. Um, but yeah, anybody ever ask? Did you tell? Yeah, my father's from Zacatecas. That's where he originates from, and stuff like that. Was he like out in the uh, out in the boonies, like uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mountains and all the yeah. hills? Uh, yeah. Cause I remember I, I was 12 when I went to Mexico with him the first time and the only time actually. And uh, I went to see the house that he grew up in and he basically lived in before he moved to America. Um, yeah, that, 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 that was a very small, tiny hut of a house. Um, but like, this is what I had when I was young. Okay. I got fancy stuff like you did. Um, but I asked him like that. That's and that little village is where I saw the white wolf, that, that, that thing. And because I asked him beforehand, like anything spooky happened there. He's like, ah, there's this lady who runs, walks around the the the, the, the village at night. Uh, I wouldn't <laughs> stay around, right? And I was like, okay, whatever. And he, and he said, she's crazy. Don't you know, she'll try to grab you. I, I don't know, it was a tactic to keep me from running away at night or something. But um, yeah, I didn't go outside at nighttime when I was there, except for that one time that I went into the bathroom because I had to go, <laughs> and I saw the white wolf thing. Um, but uh, it's funny. I was going to ask. Uh, I should have asked at the beginning, but I guess you guys can now. The whole your fascination, I guess. I guess it is the fascination with supernatural paranormal is what I guess made you start your TikTok, or was there another reason behind it? Yeah, um, I would say like uh, before TikTok, you know, uh, I didn't really like. I did YouTube. I did like I had a channel related to like um, just like personal growth and all that uh tech related uh but behind the scenes i was very like i always had the passion to like watch shows related to the paranormal i would watch ghost adventures sci-fi shows documentaries history channel (laughs) uh the animal animal planet show um because they have like bigfoot documentaries there um so behind the scenes i would always like like you know, pay attention to that. 
Um, but what really like started this was just like last year um, when everything like shut down. Um, that's when I like, I would say like I had my spiritual awakening, like in during during June of 2020. Um, and that's when I started to, you know, look into more of the spirituality and, you know, that year was just like devoted to spirituality. And from there, I got the confidence to actually like talk about other stuff, like the, my experiences, like the UFO experience I talked about earlier. Like I didn't tell, I didn't tell anyone, um, you know, in public about it. The only people who knew were like my close friends and family members. Um, but I decided to talk about it, you know, to get the confidence out um, just because, you know, it was something that I'm really, really passionate about. And um, ever since then, that's when my, my, uh, my content is more focused on the, the mystery side of the paranormal um, and how, you know, how, you know, I look at it, how people look at it as well. Um, just because I've, during during all this uh investigation work um i learned a lot about different people uh their experiences not everyone is going to have the same experiences like i've talked to people who had only alien experiences i've had people talk only about like ghost experiences um so i would say to answer your question how did it all started i would say this it was just the confidence just once I realized I could talk about spirituality, I decided to talk about my own experiences. <laughs> yeah. And a good thing too, because I find it very interesting. Some of the stuff we talk about, I, I some of the stuff I didn't even know um, when it comes to like the, some of the legends out there you keep talking about. Um, but yeah. Uh, I can't. Yeah. I lost my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. No worries. <laughs> I would say that. Like my videos, I sometimes like ask the question, like, is this like, I always leave it up to the viewer um, to decide, give them the information and they can research it on their own as well. Um, I really, I really try to make sure that, you know, I get people to talk about it, to really do the research, um, not just believe what everything that I say. (laughs) Uh, I, I always like leave the question, if this is something that you believe could be real or do you think it's like a hoax um just because when i was doing research about bigfoot if you just google bigfoot hoaxes there's a lot of news articles about people <laughs> dressing up with uh dressing up uh, in a like uh in a bigfoot costume and like pretending to be bigfoot so it does exist so i always try to make sure the, the viewer knows to always look out for you know those things yeah, so remember you tell me before you're actually uh, starting a podcast where just you talking about stuff. Yeah, so I'm just trying to experiment to see what works, um, and uh, the podcast. Um, so so far we have like two episodes, and it's just about my experiences. Hmm. Just trying to see, just trying to see how, just trying to test the content if people like it or not. Um, and uh, the uh, the show is uh, called Cosmic Mysteries. So. Perfect. <laughs> um, I'm just checking the time here. We are going on an hour. And I want to keep you from, you know, stuff and like that. Um, I do appreciate coming on. Um, where can people find you? Yeah. Uh, so we have a website, uh, cosmicmaggie.com, uh, TikTok, YouTube, uh, Instagram. Um, and that's where uh, I'll be. Uh, right now I'm posting different types of contents. Uh, I have some content related to more of the serious stuff and some other content, just make it more fun, more entertaining, more, more uh, visuals. So that's where they can find me. Awesome. And also your TikTok cosmic me. Correct. Yes. That's where I found you. Um, as always, guys, you can catch our social media at hitting the shadows podcast at Instagram, uh, hitting the Shaw six on TikTok or on Twitter, uh, hitting the podcast two on TikTok. Also, you can find us a link to everything us hitting the shadows podcast.com. Um, once again, me, I do appreciate coming on. Yep. Thanks for the invitation. As always catch your widows in the next one.